So a few quick announcements. One that I actually forgot to give in our earlier announcement is that we do have special things on occasion for people who are here in person. And today, one of those things that we have coming up, for those of you who are, who are local or within striking distance here of southeastern Philadelphia, southeastern part of Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia region, is to have an opportunity to join us for a pop-up small group on Tuesday. It'll just be hanging out around a fire pit, having good conversation. So it's at 7 p.m. Tuesday at the New Church Live office, and you are more than welcome to join us for that. It's just a great night of, of just simple conversation. Now, in light of that, folks, you know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is, 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 how, is how, again, do we, do we move into this new era, right? How do churches change? How do we continue to serve people? Because these messages are so incredibly important. I mean, it, it just it strikes me the idea, after doing this morning's little kids program, you know, these stories, people have been sharing them for thousands of years. You know, Why? Well, because they have value. They give our life meaning. They give, they give ideas about how do we love other people? How do we love God? How do we serve out there into the world? So it's really important that, that again, that we continue to move with the times. And the experts in that field are you folks. Many of you are sitting from all over the country, and we want to invite everyone to part of a big conversation on that. And that conversation is around this book, The Art of Gathering. If you are interested in this book, let us know. You can shoot me a text or an email or put it in the chat. Any one of those things will get on it. We'll send you the book, read through the book, and then we're going to have a gathering on Wednesday. Oh, excuse me, that is the wrong date. Wednesday, November 10th. Angela said I was being too optimistic with how fast people read. So actually, that is Wednesday, November 10th. My apology there for the typo. Uh, and it's just a chance for us to talk. Yeah, wh what is it going to look like in the future with gathering? You know, I'm, I'm there on, on Tuesday night with a group, and there's people there from, from Key West and Colorado and Maryland and, and South Dakota, these people from all over the place. And what's it going to look like? What's it going to look like to go to that next level of gathering where people feel connected, where we're using the tools that we have, we're using them as best we can? That's what I really want to talk about. And that's an exciting adventure and part of a better adventure. So with that, folks, I do want to welcome you to New Church Live. Service is a big part, so what you're going to hear now is a video from my partner in crime, Angela, and then we'll have our first song, and last words I want you to hear from me is welcome. Wherever you're tuning in from, whether it's live or archived anywhere across the globe, great to have you joining us here at New Church Live. Hey, New Church Live, it's Angela Cooper. I am just hopping on here to record this message to let you know that we're getting ready for our Thanksgiving food collection. Um, it's hard to believe, but we're almost at that time of year again. And we typically at this time of year donate food items to local community service initiatives. But we wanted to find a way to let everybody in this congregation, no matter where you tune in from, no matter how you watch New Church Live, to participate. So I'm excited to tell you that there are three ways to get involved this year. The first way is if you live local to New Church Live in the Philadelphia area and you want to drop off any non-perishable food item 
at New Church Live on Sunday, or you can donate to the office um, throughout the week, and we will distribute those items to both Gemma Services and to Interfaith Food Cupboard, which are both local to the Philadelphia area. Gemma is specifically collecting um, items. They're calling it everything but the turkey food collection. So they're collecting disposable roast roasting pans, aluminum foil, boxes of stuffing, can of yams or sweet potatoes, a can of green beans, a can of cranberry sauce, a can of pumpkin pie filling, and a can a jar of gravy. And we are donating those specific items to Gemma Services on November 12th. But we are also collecting any non-perishable food item that you wish to contribute. And we're going to donate um, those items to Interfaith Food Cupboard. Um, and we're going to be dropping those off. So like I said, if you live local to the area, you can drop those items off at church or at our office um, all the way through Thanksgiving. And if you live outside of the area, but you want to support those initiatives, you can, we've set up an Amazon wish list where you can order items and have them delivered directly to the office. Um, so you can participate from wherever you are. But the last way to get involved is um, to donate wherever you live. So we are encouraging people to find organizations that are doing food collections around Thanksgiving and to donate to those organizations in your local area. Um, and what we are encouraging people to do is collect those items and donate them and take a picture when you drop them off and tag us on social media so that we can see those pictures, we can see the impact that you're all having, and we will reshare those um, on social media as well as at church on Sunday so that you can all see how people are donating uh, food collection items at Thanksgiving. It's a really wonderful time of year and a lot of organizations have food collections. I know around here, um, like I said, we have these handful of um, organizations, but also even my local grocery store does a food collection that I can donate there. So we just are encouraging everybody, whatever calls, you know, tugs at your heartstring and whatever organization you want to support um, to donate food items to that organization. And it's going to be a, you know, nationwide, worldwide food collection um, at Thanksgiving. And then take a picture when you donate it or drop it off and tag us on social media, tag New Church Live, and we will reshare those pictures and see everyone and how they are supporting their local community at Thanksgiving. So we hope you're excited about this. We hope you will participate. If you have any questions, I'll put my email address down below and you can contact me that way. Um, and we just hope that you are as excited as we are and we hope everyone will participate from wherever you live um, and we can see this global impact of um, New Church Live supporting their communities at Thanksgiving. So thanks everybody and we hope you get involved. Keys to the King. What a beautiful song. I feel like we should just take a big breath right there. You know, the idea of keys to the kingdom, the, the idea that we're, we're trying as best we can to find a better adventure out there in the world. A better adventure. And the subtext is that, that this adventure we're on right now is, is challenging and hard and, 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 and very, for, for those of us who were born, uh, you know, more than... X number of years ago, challenging. It's just so different. And today we're, we're closing our series on a better adventure, and it's, it's a lot of stuff I'm going to speak to that's from my heart, because I really believe it. And I really believe that the idea of finding a better adventure isn't just nice, 
You know, it's critical. Because it's the adventure we're created to be in. It's creator creation that, that God has had from all time and the ideas that God has had from all time, the order that God has had from all time. And how do we live into that in life-giving ways? Not ways that just are about finding it entertaining or happy, but, but ways that are about finding it meaningful. Meaningful. Filled with grace, filled with joy, filled with smiles, filled with energy, filled with all those things that will help us deal with the inevitable challenges of life. Remembering this, and I was thinking about this from yesterday, you know, a beautiful wedding yesterday, and a, you know, that idea that, that, that we don't get to choose all the adventures that life puts before us. Matter of fact, some of the best ones are ones we didn't choose, but we always get to choose who we will be in those adventures. And I think about a better adventure, you know, one I'm thinking about today that's near and dear to my heart. We have a family coming up from Cape May, New Jersey, getting baptized this afternoon, and, and they're starting on a new adventure. And I feel like, yeah, that's, that's what we want. We want to have this idea of that there are challenges in the world, but adventure, advent, means beginning, that there's, there are chances here for new beginnings, chances here to move in ways that we may not have even considered before. And ready for this? This is not the first time in world history this has happened. You know, these, these challenges, these movements, this, this idea of a quest, this idea of a vision, a fear that might push us, but a vision that's there to pull us, that, that's, that's as ancient as humanity. And we're looking at a story thousands of years old. It's a, it's a story of these people who were enslaved, and, and eventually God said, you know, let my people go. And they get moved out of slavery. And, and we talked as well, you know, about the first part here where the, where the sea parts and they thought they were up against the sea, thought there was no way to get through, and then miraculously the sea parts and they're able to move forward. And, and I love this picture because I love that there's lightning out there. Because I would like to think that we move through a challenge in life and what do we find on the other end? is soft elevator music and beautiful vistas. And that's not what we find. We find new challenges, but we're armed now with a level of trust and faith and care. They're able to navigate those hopefully better and better as our lives go forward. Now through these challenges, we've talked a bit about this famous leader, Moses, this ancient Jewish leader, how he led these people on this journey. And today what we're talking about is we're talking about where do you find God? That question. So, so they've crossed over. They're in this desert wilderness. And in this desert wilderness comes up this question, like, well, where, where do we find God? Now, I can remember, I can remember as a little kid sitting back in the church pews at Leroy Road in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sitting back in that little place, and, and sitting in the pews, and I can remember the pews coming up about to here, and just being able to peer over. And, and in that church, I remember I thought I knew where God was. I had this idea that, that God was the minister, sort of how I saw it. And over on the left-hand side where the organist sat, there was lots of light coming out of there. And, and I thought for sure that was heaven, and those were angels back there playing the organ. That was my image. I imagine a lot of us have that same image, right? Somehow, somewhere, where we thought, yeah, where's God? Well, God's right there. It's obvious. 
I, I remember, I remember our, our son, uh, you know, we grew up, we, we raised our family when they were little up in the Poconos, and we were, we were in this area for a family gathering, and the pastor, he was our pastor up in the Poconos, he drives up in a car, and my little son, you know, pulls my sleeve, and he goes, Dad, there's the Lord driving a car. And that's good, right? That's good, and that's how it should be. And then we start to ask that question, where is God? And we start to find God in, in different places, to see God in different ways. And where does God live becomes this question. Now, now think, these are people who are out there in the wilderness. And again, hold that, folks, both literally and poetically. What does it mean for you? What's a wilderness time? No doubt some of you are joining us today in a wilderness time. And some of you aren't. But we all have that, that universal experience of a wilderness time in our life. And this question comes up. Where, where does God live? Where do I find God? And that's where we pick up today's, today's story. It's interesting because, because so much of, of church is based on a church building, on a, on a particular building. And I love old church buildings. Just love them. The history there, the reverence, the fact that people sacrifice to build these things. And the idea of a church building has changed pretty dramatically over the last two years in a way I, I certainly didn't foresee. And it was the same for these folks, moving out of slavery. They had to understand in a new way. And listen, listen, please listen carefully the way, the way that's, that's held. They had to understand in a new way where God lived. And it's like with anything of life, we, we can hold it as a big theory up there. And God's always asking us to incarnate it, to, to like, how are you going to make this reality? And God helps us with that. How are we going to embody this? So it's not just an idea floating around up there, but it's something that's actually part of our lives. And what I want to do to talk about this is talk about this next part, this beautiful part in the Bible, where, where here they are out in the wilderness, and God says, all right, I, I know you got this question, where does God live? I'm going to show you where I live. And I'm going to ask you to build this thing. I'm going to ask you to build a tent. I'm going to ask you to build a tent. Now, now for the kids, we, we'd had a kids' live service this morning at 9, which was a ton of fun. You know, and, and I've been told by elementary school teachers, always do stuff with your hands so the kids can follow along. So this is how we did it with the kids. We said, all right, you build a tent, tent comes down, you're able to move, tent gets built, tent comes down, you're able to move, tent gets built, tent comes down. That idea of movement is so important. And that's why it was a tent. It wasn't a stone building. And behind me is what it looked like. Again, you can get the idea roughly the size of an American football field. All the way around were these beautiful skins. And then in the very middle was, this, was the real tabernacle. And at the very, very back of the tabernacle there, labeled number two, was the Holy of Holies. That's where the famous Ten Commandments were held in a beautiful golden ark, the holiest place in all of Jewish history. Because that was the part that says, this is God's covenant with you. And that covenant works two ways, just simple, and, and again, this is a whole series unto itself, 
but it works two ways. Yes, there are commandments like, do not have any other gods before my face. In other words, don't have other gods. And then there's also a promise to that. Don't have other gods before my face, you know, like believe in one God who holds the whole thing. And then the promise there. You will come to see one God who holds it all. Everything is both a command and on the other side of it, this beautiful promise. And ready for this, folks, even the Ark of the Covenant, even that beautiful golden box with the Ten Commandments inside, made famous by Indiana Jones, by the way, in more modern history, even that was designed to move. Think about that. Even that was designed to move. So here's a beautiful part of it, folks, in terms of the biblical readings. This is from Exodus 25, too. So here's, here's God, and God's talking to Moses. He's talking about building the tent, and he says, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. Now, now let's just sit right there. Let's just sit with that line. These people had just been freed from slavery, sprung from jail, so to speak. And here is God saying, like, tell them to bring me their offerings. And notice the way this line goes on. I mean, that alone is a little, a little bit like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible view of God. And then it gets even better. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. There's, there's a game changer that we totally miss. And it's, it's a game changer, I think, that mature spirituality draws from. That time that they had just gotten out of, Pharaoh enslaved, they were constantly being told, they were constantly having stuff extracted from them. Their blood, their sweat, their tears, their children, the whole thing. It was a pure extraction. And here, God is saying, you have a new leader now. And it's me. I hold the whole thing. And God telling these people, I'm going to ask you for an offering. I mean, just think. I know I need to think about that. I think we all need to think about that. Like, like put God out there and let God ask you that question, right? Like, what is God asking of me? What is God asking of you? What is, what is the offering that we are to bring? I mean, that's such a beautiful part of this. Because we have to build it. I'll get to that a bit later. <laughs> but we have to build it. So what is it that you have that you can bring? Think about that. Because that's where God celebrates, and that's how this beautiful, beautiful sort of, you know, traveling church grows. And I want you to notice the word here. So here, Moses, the first part is, Moses, this is what you are to do, and he gets commanded to build the whole thing. The whole tent, small tent city, so to speak. He's going to be the construction manager. Except for one piece in there. And it's a very subtle shift in language. And you'd probably be able to guess it on the first guess. <laughs> Goes on to say, then have them, the people, make a sanctuary. That's the covenant. That's the golden box that held the Ten Commandments. 
Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. It's that beautiful transition, folks, from you into them. And I think we're really supposed to hold that as like in our life adventures, like that, that as we move into these better adventures, we're supposed to think both from you and them. As the musicians come out for our, for our middle song here, you know, think about that, right? Because it's a both and. We're called to do two things, to be both leaders and followers at the same time. We're called to do two things, to build stuff individually as best we can with the gifts God has given us towards this bigger project of a more loving, kind, accepting, grace-filled world. What's your individual role with that? Because you got stuff to build. And who's joining you on that journey? Who's the them? Because isn't it fascinating, the, the very holiest of holiest pieces, like Chill's even saying that, folks, like the holiest of holiest pieces, the core, the heart, can't be built just by one person. It can only be built together. It can only be built with many of us putting our gifts forward towards this greater thing. Now when we come back, I want to keep that theme moving and talk a little bit more about, about how this can look in our lives and, and how do we move the you and the them together into a really important other part about movement about moving forward with God's care and God's grace. What a beautiful song. You know, and you're just, just thinking about, you know, God with that song and, and, and God's desire for us to feel that love all the time and to feel it within, within the, the, you know, the adventures that, that life puts before us. Again, many of which we choose, but probably most of which we don't. And many of you are probably on a great adventure now, and probably a lot of you are on an adventure like, Chuck, you can have this one. <laughs> and I get that. And I really do get that. It's, it's interesting with life, you know, and this is where we're going to get into this second part of the movement of the tabernacle. I like to fix life. And I don't mean just fix, repair. I want everything just fixed. I want it in a box. I want to know the, the name, date, time, and how much is it going to cost me. I want to know all those things. I can remember so well back in my, my late teenage years thinking, yeah, God, could you just tell me the whole way everything works? Just like, give me a timeline, I'm good. And all God says is the timeline's good. <laughs> Sorry, that timeline's good, Chuck. Don't need to worry. And now, you know, folks, candidly, I'm kind of glad I didn't know some of the adventures that I was going to go on. Some of the heartbreak, challenges, I'm sure you're the same way. And I also know that I never could have imagined the joy that was in store. 
So that idea of adventures, like, like adventures, this whole series of better venture, this whole idea of movement is so incredibly important. And then that idea that, that our life wants to fix things, you know, but that's not what God offers. God doesn't give us that gift of like life that is fixed. He gives us life that is filled with healing and hope and compassion and love and challenge and grace, which is a much better ride anyways. It's interesting, folks, taking a look at the tabernacle itself. Again, that idea, they build it up, they took it down. They build it up, they took it down. They build it up, they took it down. And ready for this? They were doing that. Bible story, you think of this sort of, um, you think of this poetically. They did that for 40 years. 40 years. This tent city traveled with them. 40 years, they would set it up every, every time they encamped, and they would take it, time, take it down every time they left. That idea of finding things that are both fixed and moving, because ready for this, folks, I think this is so important with the tabernacle. It was put up the same way every time. By the same dimensions. With the same things in the same different ways of celebrating God that were part of the life in the tabernacle. It was set up the same way every time. In that sense, it was fixed. But it was never set up in the same place twice. I mean, that's so good, right? That's such wisdom in that. That our lives, those things that are most, we know that you know, it's why you're watching right now, that you know are most important in life. You know, you know those things are true. You know they've always been true. And of course, that, that truth will grow and evolve into deeper and deeper, richer and richer, higher and higher layers of meaning. But the core truth is still always there. And the core truth just moves with us through our lives. And yeah, it was true then and it's true now. And maybe I didn't understand it quite as well then, but it still was the same truth. It still is the same thing. And so it ends up this, this beautiful collection of you and them fixed and moving. One of the things I love, I love about old churches, you know, getting back, where does God live? There's this beautiful old church close to by where our son lives right by Shady Maple, if anybody's been, been there in Lancaster area. And, and it's a beautiful church. And, and this church was built in the 1700s, and they have tombstones all around it, like, like a graveyard all around it. And, and I think about that. I think about the people who would be entering that church for, for literally for hundreds of years, and they would look, and they would, they would see their grandparents and their aunts and their uncles. They would see all these family members there. And they would be thinking, yeah, all these people contributed to this church, contributed to this thing, this community, this idealized thing. And today we're not worried about building a graveyard, we're worried about parking. <laughs> Just think about that difference. Walking in on a parking lot versus walking in to a graveyard that's got family members there. 
Let's transpose that to the tabernacle. Imagine those people walking in over all those decades, knowing that they were part of this, literally. I gave that piece of fabric. I gave that gold that went into that. I, went, I gave this that went over there. Like all of those pieces that went into this bigger endeavor. And I'm not talking necessarily about like physically supporting an actual physical church. I'm talking about the whole spiritual endeavor. The whole bigger world, the whole bigger picture. Like, like giving what we can to that, the you and the them, the personal leadership and the collective effort the personal leadership, and the collective effort. And, and creating things that both have that fixed part to them, but are also able to be transportable into new ways. And by transportable, i got to tell you guys, I'm going into this new era kicking and screaming. It's, it's hard to do. But we're going to have to do it. All of us, you know, as we see these shifts in our societies and our communities. How does it look and how do we move that forward? Because what God wants, this is from the book True Christian Religion, God's divine love has no other purpose in creating the world than to unite humankind to himself. Unite himself to humankind and live in partnership just like that. I, I find that word partnership just so appealing. That's the essence of what God wants. You know, this partnership, this, this relationship. You know, that's why Christianity is a relational faith. That's what we're trying to create as, as, as just in our communities. And, and I think a mosque, a church, a synagogue, uh, a great nonprofit, all those groups are trying to create that partnering. And that's how the world starts to change. Not by changing, finding more entertainment. Could I rant for two seconds here? Yeah. Okay, here's my little rant. So, so I was listening, watch, reading an article on Instagram, and they were saying Instagram has decided they're not getting enough 13-year-olds. They're going to put a lot of marketing money into getting 13-year-olds on Instagram. It doesn't excite me as a pastor. That's actually a little scary. Because, yeah, we can market to things, we can appeal to people, but that's not what we're really trying to create, right? I guarantee that's not where your best adventures have been. I guarantee none of you have come off of, uh, you know, scrolling on Instagram and going, gone, that was the best adventure I've had in months. You know, it hadn't happened. And that's the world we live in. And so how do we keep on moving? I think that's, that's such an open question. And I don't want to end it like in a, in a way that is down, because it's not. I feel like, you know, I, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt famously said, all we can ask of life is to live in interesting times. Well, we got that gift. We are living in interesting times. And I think as we do that, we have to come back to those fixed parts you know, I love this, this, uh, this text message a parishioner sent me. This is from Mary. Good morning. Just for today, may God grace us with simple faith. Freedom follows. I like that. Just that, that coming back to simplicity. Coming back to the roots. 
knowing that, again, those things that are fixed have to move. And if we can carry that with us, we will actually find new kinds of freedom for our spirits, for our souls, for each other. And I was thinking, okay, so what if I was, if I was to preach like the simplest of sermons? And there's so many things you could preach on, right? If you just say, hey, what's a simple sermon you could do? So I want to share with you, this was, this was shared by a friend of mine, Pastor Matt, who's up in Schenectady, New York. He dug up this old sermon from the 1700s. It is a sermon preached to some miserable pirates. <laughs> I think it's the all-time best sermon title ever. I would go hear that sermon. A sermon preached to some miserable pirates. So you are miserable pirates, and I'm about to tell you what I would preach on. I would preach on this. We're not alone. We're not alone. I mean, I think that is the message. We are not alone. God is with us in our lives. God is with us in these challenges. God is with us in these times. He's with us as well in the huge opportunities, folks, huge opportunities that are in front of us. And again, it's, it's, you've got to be so careful with this stuff because it's so easy to think, well, there's huge opportunities, and to slowly bend it back into just looking at ourselves. Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously said, those who fall in love purely with community, their own individual communities will actually end up killing community. Those who fall in love with God and other people will build it. So it's not about a this. It's about a this. It's about falling in love with God and other people. And seeing where that adventure takes us. What, what are the options there? I love the idea as we, as we enter these, these adventures. This is a beautiful line from Deuteronomy 31. Be strong. Take courage. You enter the land with this people, this land that God promised their ancestors that he'd give them. You will make them the proud possessors of it. God is striding ahead of you. I love that phrase. It's from Eugene Peterson's translation in the message. God is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He will not leave you. He will not leave you. Bible ends. Behold, I am with you, even to the end of the age. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. And the other line I wanted to share is one of my favorites from the Talmud. Now, Talmud is part of the sacred canon of the Jewish faith, and it's, it's this incredibly powerful line. And I'm just I'm going to ask you to really try as best as we can, just full body listening on us because there's so much wisdom, so much wisdom in this quote from the Talmud. The day is short. The task is difficult. It is not our duty to finish it. And I love this last line. But we are forbidden not to try. But we are forbidden not to try. Not suggested <laughs> We are forbidden not to try. So what does that mean, folks? What does it mean, you know, as we face our own crossings again and again and again? Well, I think it means that this is a better adventure, not an easier adventure. 
better adventure, not an easier adventure. And I think there's, there's so much depth here, and, 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 and there's so much opportunity, you know, and I'm not, again, like, please don't hear this as like rah-rah New Church Live. This is much bigger than New Church Live. There's, there's so much opportunity here. So much opportunity, and I mean here, like in the times we live in, not in the walls or in the, on the internet with what we're doing per se, but there's so much opportunity here. So much of a way that we can start to make a difference. That we can start to help people. I mean, maybe even little ways, like, like instead of Instagram answering what a 13-year-old needs, Maybe churches, synagogues, mosques can even reignite that conversation. I think it would be a little better. What is that for you? Where does God live? In you. Where is God speaking to your heart? that it's time to take that step into a better adventure. And bring fire to that. Bring a fire that you're willing to throw all the worries, fears, concerns, and just say, here, God, I'm offering those up to you. And then use fire a second way. Use fire as your passion. The passion God's given you. Take where that call is and allow that, that flame of passion to, 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 to ignite it, to, to help you move forward with life with passion. Folks, there's huge opportunity there. Huge hope. And the last word is what we will find there is this. A better adventure. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, brothers, sisters, is we're going to pray. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer a meditative prayer. After that, we're going to say the Our Father prayer. After that, we're going to do a blessing, and then we'll have our closing song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for what we've been able to share. And Lord, stir in our hearts what a better adventure might look like, what it might feel like, what steps we might take. Knowing again, Lord, we will always feel that pool of entertainment, of comfort, of convenience. Remind us again and again that oftentimes the best adventures offer none of those things. <laughs> What they offer instead is meaning. All the things we talked about today, grace, love, compassion, service, all of those things. Help us step into that. One more step. Help us remember, Lord, that our lives are both fixed and moving. And as well, we are to lead and we are to follow. We are to do what we can do individually. And we are to speak to what the group can do collectively. All in humble service to you. Humbly guided by your word. Humbly following your way. In the deepest humility we can muster. Because we don't know.
All we know is that you are good. And all we know is that we are not alone. Bless the opportunities before us, Lord. In your name, on this day of a better adventure, we pray. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.